The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. But one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing cork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Do you remember your baptism? Some of you were christened or baptized as infants, and maybe you know your godparents or have photographs from that day but you probably don't remember the event. Others of you grew up in traditions where you were baptized as an older child or a teenager, and maybe you do remember the baptismal pool or the river where you were baptized or the water dripping into your eyes afterward. One family I know celebrates their children's baptismal days like birthdays, not with gifts, but with joyful celebration as they remember God's life-giving promise that we receive in baptism. Forgiven of our sin, we are made new. And united with Christ, we are given new life. Whenever we read scripture, our own experiences and memories shape our understanding of what is taking place in the story. So it's important to ask questions that expand that understanding. As lay theologian and Christian educator Bernard Dozier writes in her book, The Dream of God, faith never says, this is how it was. But this is how we saw it. She writes, faith always includes the possibility I could at any given moment be wrong. That what I understand today may be revealed to be wanting tomorrow. As we listen to the familiar story of the baptism of Jesus, I want to challenge us to listen for the parts of the story that are different from what we think we know already or what we practice and ask what questions are being revealed. One of the first things I noticed was that Jesus was in a crowd of people who were being baptized. This wasn't a special rite reserved for the Son of God. 
In the verses just before this, Luke tells us that the tax collectors and soldiers were among those who had come to be baptized. So there were people there who would have been scorned by the Jewish leaders. There were probably people there who had never been religious. There were probably children noisily splashing in the water and clusters of people gossiping. It was a crowd of people after all, just like all of us who gather here on a Sunday morning, imperfect and sinful, but loved by God. Jesus' baptism teaches us that we, too, are baptized into a community of people who are witnesses of God's love. One question I've heard asked is, why was Jesus baptized at all? While in some Christian traditions, baptism is an outward sign of our obedience to Christ as Lord of our lives, Our Lutheran understanding is that baptism is the outward sign of God's promised forgiveness for our sin. Jesus didn't need to either proclaim his obedience to God or be forgiven for sin. But in baptism, Jesus could participate in corporate atonement that repented for the collective sins of the world, for injustice and oppression, exploitation and violence. Jesus' baptism teaches us that we are not only responsible for ourselves, but we bear responsibility for our neighbor. Another question is, what does Luke mean when he says that Jesus is separating the wheat from the chaff? The phrase, burn with unquenchable fire, inspires images of the chaff, the discontented, lazy rabble among us, being exiled to a fiery hell. I don't think that's what Jesus is describing here. I believe Luke gives us a description of the purifying or sanctifying work that the Holy Spirit, often described as fire or wind in Scripture, completes in each one of us. It is the same work that Luther describes in his small catechism when he writes, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. The Holy Spirit has enlightened me with his gifts. The Holy Spirit has sanctified and kept me in the true faith. Here in Luke's story, Jesus teaches us that baptism and the work that follows it are God's work in us. It is not work we can do alone. I don't know anything about farming, but apparently after wheat farmers separate the wheat berries from the stalks, they would toss the wheat berries vigorously enough that they would rise up in the air and fall again. And it was the force of the wind or the air moving against them that would help separate the chaff or the husks. This winnowing is an exhausting, hands-on task. 
loved by God, baptized in the water, and united with Christ in life, I believe we are called to examine ourselves and our ways of being in the world as God's people, to question what keeps us from witnessing to God's love and mercy, and to ask what we need to release as chaff for Jesus to burn. God isn't threatening us, but inviting us to participate in this winnowing with confidence that we will not find anything God does not already know about us and that God loves us unconditionally. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you for the gift of baptism that fulfills your promise of forgiveness and new life, united with your Son and named as your children here on earth. Continue the good work that you have begun in each of us that we might be sanctified by your Holy Spirit and bear witness to your loving mercy in our words and in our love for our neighbor. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.